Hello, the internet, and welcome to season one of seven, episode three of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, yeah! a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck Coke Industries, fuck. as in the Coke Brothers and fuck Fox News. Fuck. It's Wednesday, November 6, 2019. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Come, O'Brien. Come, come, O'Brien. <laughs> You're a butterfly. Jack O'Brien. Uh, that's courtesy of Trike Gang, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Miles Gray, a.k.a. the Dabrador Retriever, a.k.a. Chihuahua, a.k.a. Duberman Pincher, a.k.a. English Fat Spliff, a.k.a. Thoughtweiler, a.k.a. Chiba Inu, a.k.a. Border Wally, a.k.a. Cavalier King Miles Spaniel, a.k.a. St. Bongnard, a.k.a. Old English Sheepledog, a.k.a. Bull Matt Spliff. Boom. That is a three-hander. I see what you did. Crispy Meme Donut, Christy Yamaguchi Man came with the dog AKAs. Then, mostly Mutsark came in with Chiba Inu. And then, wow, who's that? Oh, Water Chestnut, the third, the second, Junior, came through to finish it off. Boom. That's a three-man. I had Group a effort. Cavalier King Charles named Miles. So you did? That one was, yeah. Is that the one that we made fun of? Uh, the, the one, one who had passed. breathing part problems? No, no, that was Finn. No, the one, the one who kept farting? Oh, that was Finn. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Who was the one? I remember one time, the one that passed away. Oh, the one like, that passed away, like, at age 10 months. Oh. Was yeah. that Miles? No, that was Emma. That was another Cavalier? Yeah, Charles? that was another. We kill oh. them on the regular. Wow. It's, so it's like Paris Hilton? cannot keep these things alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, also, I wanted to mention a joke that was made yesterday uh, that was saying Pete Buttigieg was asexual. Uh, we um, that we should have caught that. Right. We're okay. not we're not making fun of asexual. No, no, no. And uh, yeah, we hate to think. Look, you already know the vibe of the show. We're trying to be as inclusive as possible, uh, but sometimes you get caught slipping. But God's working on all this. Yes, we are working on ourselves, and we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the legendary Daily Zeitgeist guest and hilarious comedian, Mr. Guy Montgomery. Uh, yeah, here I am. Hey, hey welcome up? back. Thanks for having me back, gentlemen. We're so happy to have you. If, for those of you who are new listeners, uh, Guy Montgomery gave us by far what we consider in the offices here the greatest myth that we've ever had on the show. <laughs> and I'll just leave that at that. If you don't know, look back at Guy's first episode because yeah. it's a doozy. Uh, well, Guy, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about the TV event of the decade, maybe, uh, previewing yeah. it. Uh, we're going to look at the fact that somebody died over a Popeye's chicken sandwich, uh, which is... Not okay. No. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, how the RNC is playing dirty, how Marie Yovanovitch was being like very lightly threatened. Soft like touch. A, yeah. Death threat. Just a peppering yeah. of threats to her life. Uh, Rudy's friend, maybe about to flip. Mm. Uh, he was not happy when the president was like, I don't know him. He's like, what? Don't Mariah Carey these people. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't know her. Uh, we're going to look at polls. We're going to look at the Amazon Echo, Google Home being hackable. Uh, we'll tell you how to hack your neighbor's <laughs> Amazon Echo <laughs> yep, right after here. the break. Uh, but first, Guy, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Uh, I was uh, recently looking up eggs. Uh-huh. Are eggs. E are eggs bad? Yeah. To eat. Yeah. Yeah. What you, like in general, just as part of your diet, is a I don't chicken know, I egg. I just not feel good? like 
you know, just to know, everyone's constantly flip flopping on eggs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where you, are we? <laughs> don't you feel like that? Yeah. Well, at first, I feel like it's the most, I don't know if I've ever heard it's the most complete pro. Nah, what the fuck am I saying? People just said part of a balanced breakfast, yeah. then way too much cholesterol. Right. Yeah. And then. I don't know where it, yeah, right, the pendulum swings back and everyone's forth. Everyone's saying, oh, eggs are great. They, uh, they're good. They've got good cholesterol and they'll reduce, right. you know, your, your risk of heart disease. And then the next day someone says, you got to watch out for those eggs. Yeah. Right. So what is the, what is the, what's been the judgment so uh, far, the most recent judgment? On the it? most recent judgment was, it was an article masquerading as having an opinion that was just a, a very long-winded piece of diplomacy. Oh, right. really? It was someone saying... <laughs> Why not try thinking about foods instead of as good and bad as maybe just foods and right, eating right. everything in moderation? <laughs> yeah. Look at eggs as part of a healthy, balanced diet. I feel diet. like that is generally the truth about most foods, though, is that <laughs> it's like we we don't know. Like with some people, it works. With other people, like it doesn't work. It's yeah. very complicated. There's all these chemicals and our body is like, we just don't know. We just don't know. For, but for how prominent they are and, you know, and a lot of diets, right? Yeah, you'd think that there'd be a hard line sort of. This yeah. is this is the take on eggs. Now the whites have always been popular with everyone, <laughs> right? The egg whites. It's just the yolks that kind of go in and out yeah, of fashion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, but I but I the love yolks, them. Yeah, they, you need the yolks too. That's yeah. where the, that's where the good stuff is. So right, that cholesterol. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's why. Well, and you can't have a deviled egg without the yolks. You know, what no, I mean? you deviled egg is truly cannot. one of the most blessed food forms, uh, mm. I believe. That God has bestowed upon us. How yes. do you devil an egg? Uh, just take all the yolks out and then mix it up with, you know, people use relish or mayonnaise, mustard. Man- yeah. It all depends. Everyone's got different And then versions. you put it in a pan. No. no. Then you pipe. Then you. Well, have you, ne- have you never had a hard boiled Have you never had a deviled egg? I've had a hard boiled egg. Okay. So what you do is you take a, a hard boiled egg, you cut it in half. Yeah. And then so you have your two halves. You take the yolk out. Then you put the, the yolks in another bowl and you mix them separately. And then you have a bunch of halved egg whites that have been boiled and then you pipette the mixture the yolk mixture back into the already yeah. made egg f- form it's delicious and then do you put the egg back together so it's like it's a, a tree. <laughs> no. they sit open faced yeah with like devils. a little like curly cue of when you just put yolk so- when you just paprika. put sauce on the eggs yeah because <laughs> It's because it's these an are, ancient delicacy. When do you think that started? Like fifties party? Yeah, nineteen forties, fifties. I see. It's like There's a, a cookbook telling yes. everyone, "Look at what I did." Yeah. No, one hundred percent. Yes, because I'm sure. I mean, but I guess it, there is some fun in it, right? Because the yolk isn't hard, and it's almost like a mo- like a whipped a mousse. mousse almost. Yeah, yeah. It's it a, is but at the end of the day, yolk. I'm sure if you just took all the ingredients in a bowl and just fucking pulverized it, yeah, just drink your milk. Your drink your uh, egg milkshake. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see the people at high end parties in the forties <laughs> sipping their egg shakes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. A little egg shooter. For well, me? anyway, the the jury is still out on eggs. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel personally on eggs? I love them. Yeah. Yeah. You better believe I had one this morning. <laughs> Just one? Yeah, I had one inside of a sandwich alongside a moderate number of other ingredients. Oh, okay. fantastic! That's why I'm looking so damn good. Yeah, right. You're glowing. <laughs> yeah. It's that one egg a day. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? I. Um, watching movies on planes. Okay. I love watching movies on planes, and whenever I tell people I, I watched a movie on a plane, they go, oh, what, on that little screen? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's the screen they give you on the <laughs> plane. <laughs> but I just think uh, it's it's a it's a great 
it's a great viewing environment because you know it's one of the few places where you're totally uh, untethered from the from the real world. Yeah. And so you, there's no opportunity for distraction. Right. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it's either that or your thoughts. Right. What's going to win out a movie? <laughs> yeah. Because I watched. Not thought. I, think I, I watched, watched Jupiter Rising. I watched uh, Par- Parasite on the flight over here from oh, New nice. Zealand. Oh, and they I, had that already? Yeah, wow. yeah, it was on the plane. And I was like, holy, this is because everyone I've been talking about, I wanted to see it. Yeah. So, you know, here's a perfect opportunity. Right. And I was so pleased. And I told my friend who I'm staying with, and she said, why would you watch it on right. the plane? Yeah. Because it was on, yeah, I was, it was on the plane. Yeah. The movie was on the plane. So we've talked about the other side of this where we sort of side with the directors and the cinephiles where uh, there's the Netflix watching movies at like 1.5 speed. That's bullshit. Don't yeah. don't do that. But also, like people who are like, you must see it on a full screen, like at it's glorious, it like as it was intended. I don't unless it was shot in like large format, and I get that. But it doesn't. I don't think it necessarily. If you're only relying on the fact that you shot it in large format, then maybe right. your movie's lacking a little bit. Right. Uh, but you know, as I think it's it's like so much in life. It's not binary. If you tell right, people right. you watch movies on the plane, they go what. What about screens, movie screens? Right. You know, I can still, it's like having a Kindle or something. Right. And I was like, well, I just could never read on a Kindle. I love the feel of a book. No one is stopping you from buying a book. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. It's not one or the other. Right. And right. at the end of the day, if we've both read the book, maybe me on the Kindle and you in the paperback version, we will still have the exact same conversation. That's right. Too. Yeah. And I will, I will have the the, the best takes, and everyone yeah, right. will praise me. Well, someone goes, whoa, whoa, I think he read the Kindle version. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can just kind of tell the you way can tell he's when thinking about it. Kindle, yeah. uh, but, but I love that, like, on airplanes, though, it feels like the perfect time to get a lot of just cram movies in that you normally wouldn't have time for. Absolutely. And it's a yeah. blessing. And you're, I think you're more emotionally invested. Like, I, I find I laugh harder or I'm more susceptible to cry. And movies yeah. on the plane, I think something to do with the altitude, everything's yeah. heightened. Yeah. I remember I got off a plane, I thought, uh, what's the was it called? Why Him? The Brian <laughs> Cranston, James Franco vehicle. Yeah. I was like, this is the greatest movie of all yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> Why and I was him? I was shouted down for that take. Yeah. yeah. Well, it happens, you know. I think the bar's lower. And I've never, you know, it's funny. A lot of times I'll start something on Netflix and be like, this is trash. I can't watch this anymore. Never yeah. done it on an airplane. Yeah. I'll sit it all the way through. And I'm like, well, Absolutely. Maybe the boy car will get with the girl car. <laughs> Little Flight uh, of the Concords reference there. Yeah. Uh, have you been able to unsee uh, like your experience with uh, Why Him? Or is it still like one of your five favorite movies? I would never watch it again. Okay, As, got I, it. I, I don't think the movie, independent of that viewing experience, yeah. holds up to scrutiny. <laughs> I was going to say, you actually kind of have to see it on a full screen. Yeah, to like a movie <laughs> yeah, screen yeah. to You miss a lot of the sight gags otherwise. Yeah. Franco's uh, performance. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated? Well, it's in the same... Uh, it's in the same bracket, but Wi-Fi on planes. Get it out of there. <laughs> Get it out of there. Get it out. Huh? No one's that busy. No one's got that much on. Yeah. Who freaking cares? Right. Just take however long the flight is to yourself. Yeah. I, I hate it. And people who say, well, just don't use it, obviously are projecting the idea that I have the self-control not to use free Wi-Fi right. onto me. <laughs> it's, I, just, I just don't think it's necessary. I'm sure that there are, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure there are people who, yeah, sure, it makes sense if you have something going on urgent. But we were surviving before plain Wi-Fi. Split it into, like, smoking sections and non, you know, Wi-Fi and non-Wi-Fi. Or even entirely independent flights. If your life is so busy, you need to go on Wi-Fi on the plane, you get on a Wi-Fi. That's right. 
But mm-hmm. don't don't I don't want to see people on their laptops sending emails when I'm trying to enjoy why him. Yeah, right. yeah. It drives me nuts. <laughs> facts, facts. I the thing I don't like is when you start people doing Instagram and Snapchat stories like in the oh, flight really? and I'm like, Yo, the, the thing that bothers me is people there's always a lot of people with uh spreadsheets open. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, how the fuck are you like getting that type of work done on a plane. Because it's always it's their never, jobs are overly yeah, demanding. It's right. never anything to do with them. That's always a personal attack on you. Right. That's, yeah. yeah. No, I ask them. They're yeah. like, hey, say, hey, what the hey, fuck sir, is your over deal, here? Man? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Full spreadsheet. I got like seventeen thousand cells I'm working. I just here. think planes are pretty much all we you know, is one of the few shared spaces we have left. Yeah. And uh I don't know. I, I don't want them to take it away just yet. What yeah. would you tell someone who's who, let's let, let me let me play the role of someone who says, "But guy, I'm a high powered dot dot dot. I need to send emails, man." Or that's like the latest business, dot com billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Dot, 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 ellipsis yeah. X. Um, what, what what do you say to me? I, I'm I could be losing valuable work time up here. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't really. I don't really care about your situation, sir. <laughs> okay, it's not fair my enough. problem. I. I just. Say, uh, will you answer me this? Do you have any spare change? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I got pockets full of coins. <laughs> right. Now, one thing, one devil's advocate there would be Delta is now uh, editing their movies. So uh, that. What what was the movie directed by Olivia Wilde? This Booksmart. Booksmart. Uh, they edited out like a, a same sex love scene and the word lesbian from that movie Delta. Wow. Day. So that's one thing. That yeah, that's you, when it gets you, weird. Yeah, obviously, it's like obviously. Delta beam your uh, propaganda into my brain if that, you don't have Wi Fi. That's crazy. Yeah. Because I watched Escape from Danamora on the plane and they left all that raunchy shit in there. Yeah. And I look like a really un like a perverted guy on the passenger <laughs> the dude next to me i'm watching a scene where like uh what's her name was it patricia arquette is just having fucking jail sex with paul dano and shit and the guy next to me was like what the fuck is this and, like <laughs> it looked like i was just like oh, bro it's the show man mind your own fucking business <laughs> should have turned to him on. and been like don't tell anybody yeah uh but that would have that would only made things worse <laughs> if you haven't seen that that's a yeah, escape from a Dan moment Moore. from Benicio del Toro's performance that is just just go Google it. I've uh, se- watch I've, it. I've seen it. I just deliberately acted like I haven't seen it <laughs> <laughs> to spare us embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Well, now I don't know if you boys have heard this, <laughs> <laughs> but there was once a nymph <laughs> who lived in the woods named Echo. And Echo was a delightful nymph, and she loved to natter. She was always nattering away. Natter. Do you okay. have the word natter here? It's oh. like ch- it's like chatter. Oh. Chatter. Okay. okay. And and uh, one day she was just nattering away, and Hera. Do you know who Hera is? Hera. H e r a. No, Hera. Queen on, of the gods, wife of Zeus. She oh. was out on the hunt for Zeus yes. uh-huh. in the woods. Uh-huh. Okay. I believe all this so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This all seems to be above board. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and and she comes across Echo and she says, Echo, have you seen Zeus? <laughs> and uh, Echo is so, just so obsessed with nattering as Echo. She goes, oh, da, 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 and keeps interrupting Hera. And Hera becomes very frustrated and says, Echo, I'm really trying to, you know, have a conversation with you here. And Echo keeps nattering away. Uh, it's so good to see you, Hera. You're looking delightful. Right. And uh, Hera Small says, um, this is really the bloody final straw for me. Yeah. As punishment, I curse you. Oh, you, can, no. you, you can no longer speak, you know, your own mind freely. You have to, your, your, uh, a life 
damned to eternity for just parroting back, repeating right. okay. what is said to or around you. Got it. And Echo was obviously devastated by this and, and took a long walk in the woods. Mm. Uh-huh. So demoralized was she. But l- thankfully, while she was walking in the woods, she saw a handsome man. Uh. Okay. Uh, Narcissus. Okay. And he was taking a oh stroll. My and my, All my favorite characters. Yeah, and my this God, one. this guy, was he was handsome. Uh-huh. And he was taking a stroll along, and Echo wanted to say something but couldn't say anything because, you know, she can only repeat what is said a- a- about her. Right. And she followed Narcissus, who found a, a body of water, and he looked into the body of water, and he saw a reflection of the most beautiful damn face he'd ever seen. Mm. And he was looking at it, and he said, I love you. And Echo, from uh, her hiding place, repeated back to Narcissus, oh. I love you. And Narcissus was like, oh, my God, this beautiful face loves me oh, and and said, I, I wish I could, you know, it sort of yeah. starts falling in love with the face yeah. and eventually plunges into the body of water uh-huh. and, and drowns. And Echo was so heartbroken by this turn of events, she stopped eating, she stopped drinking, and eventually she, she withered away until only her voice was left. Huh. Mm. So anyway, well, the whole the whole time I've thought that echoes are caused by a reflection off a relatively even surface. <laughs> Shows you what I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're correcting the myth that echoes are caused by uh, reflections uh, of yeah. sound waves off of a yeah. Uh, that's uh, I've actually seen that documentary. That's a, yeah, that's a good. The one. more you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Indeed. Uh, I we're talking about Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> yeah. That is, uh, I didn't realize all those myths were so closely tied together. Wow, That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Uh, well, all those, all those stories, all those yeah. true stories were so closely tied together. Oh. Uh, hey, that kind of did my head in. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Could we please uh, talk about the dang news? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need that as a drop Can we please, uh, when we start start the episode every day. Fire up the news machine. Uh, well, we have to talk about what is shaping up to be the television event of 2019. Oh, yeah. If maybe the decade. 2010s. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, Dr. Phil uh, talking to – well, you, we've covered the story before. We'll, we'll just play the clip. Well, for, for a guy, I don't know if you remember or heard, there was a Ukrainian orphan who was adopted by a family, and this family claimed that she was actually, at the time, much older, wasn't actually an adult posing as a child, and was trying to kill them in their sleep, kill their kids in their sleep, poison their coffee <laughs> – had like a very advanced vocabulary, right. like did not want to play with other kids. And they're like, this child is actually a schemer who's trying to kill my whole family. They then abandoned this child or they said, because this child is an adult, we actually don't have to look after the child anymore. So we're moving to Canada. Yeah. And putting that, putting this, putting a six-year-old up in their own apartment for Jesus. the time being. Now there's a lot of the reports, you know, there's all kinds of things that say, you know, is she actually 22 and not this child? Is she pretends? Why, you know, they said that she was having her period or had pubic hair and these other things that they were saying, we don't buy that this is a child. So uh, after a lot of searching, obviously the Daily Mail was on top of this as they normally are, dug it up. uh, And now Dr. Phil has secured a sit down interview with her (laughs) and her and her new adopted family and the teaser for it. I'm I'm yeah. I'm beyond shook. Clear to my your core. fucking schedules, people. Yeah, because Doctor yeah. Phil handles this with the skill and grace and elegance that only an award-winning journalist and actual doctor, who's not a doctor, can uh, 
achieve. I don't know where I was supposed to end that <laughs> sentence, but check this out. Was this adopted Ukrainian orphan? Are you a 33-year-old scam artist? Masquerading as a six-year-old child. I guess it comes down to whether or not you are an evil psychopath demon child that's come over here to murder everybody. That, <laughs> that question is asked directly to her face, face. and you get her reaction, and like, it is what? like, wait, what? The like fuck? very uh and all this very much like i would react if yeah. somebody asked me that but in, in the account that's been re relayed to me and even the uh trailer for this you know tele television event uh -huh. we've not heard a, a peep out of the you know the supposed either demon child or just ordinary child yeah right. the, she says a couple of things they weren't as interesting right i'll be honest we edited that but does way. it does in like what is it, on the initial charge before her family relocated to canada I mean, surely there'd be a counter argument. We say, no, I'm six. Right. That's yeah. what she says. Yeah. That's what she yeah. basically said. She and basically, then had a tear a come out, a single tear. And they're like, are you trying to kill these kids? She's like, no. And this right. tear Single tear. Oh. Now, it, look, she could be a master finesse or scam lord. Right. Or she might be a really terribly misunderstood child. And it gets a, a thing where that I didn't hadn't really thought about. But you can't, if you don't know a person's birthday, you can't confirm their age. Like there are tests they did about like bone density, but like some of the tests said she was six. Some of the tests said she, she was, was like in her twenties. <laughs> so it's what? just like yeah, you just can't tell. There, there's no way to know. But also uh, the uh, the real mom from Ukraine also came out and was like, no, nah, she she's a good little girl. Right. But we don't know how far this. We don't know how deep this thing goes. We don't well, know how high up this thing goes. If she is a little girl, it's fucked up that all of this has happened because she's a child yeah. and well, she can't legally even be shown in newspaper articles. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then you'd think at some point there would have to be serious consequences for that family who are just like, uh, I don't know. Because at that point, if she is a child, was she actually saying this stuff? Or were they just trying to make up another story so they could be like, ah, oh, we weren't feeling really feeling this kid? This, well, this doesn't feel tied to our reality. Right. I mean, even amongst the, the, you know, all of the how crazy news cycles generally are now, this entire thing is because if the, there's, there's no way of age testing, right. you're just putting yeah. the word of a six year old or possibly 20 something year old scam <laughs> right. artist yeah. against, you know, a, a Ukrainian family who have, you know, like, because <laughs> the possible outcomes are so different. Yeah. Right. Right. If it is a six year old, then all of your sympathy goes toward the six year old. Right. But if it is a 22 year old scam artist, then <laughs> it's you've so got to feel for this Ukrainian family. Right. Yeah. yeah or yeah. American family. Yeah. Right. It's an American family. Oh, they're an American family. Yeah. Ah. Who adopted her? Her birth mother in Ukraine ah, came out and said, no. So they moved, they moved from America to Canada. This. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because they have, they have another son who's autistic who's like a math genius. So they moved to Canada so their kid could be closer to like this institute to keep studying yeah. math. Yeah. They they had a was it 60 minutes did a story about their family in the past already because they had this child who suffered or who has uh I think autism yeah, yeah. and but is also like a genius level mathematician and you see the Ukrainian orphan is a supporting character in the background? Not and orphan, I bet you I guess. anyone who watched the initial sixty minutes, they thought, "Oh, well, you know, what's going on back I, there?" I know exactly the narrative here. I know who the main <laughs> characters are. But the train spotters would have said, "I'd like to hear more from that Ukrainian girl." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, well, Is I she think putting we, bleach in their coffee. Right. That was like one of the charges. <laughs> yeah, 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 and push, pushing the mom into an electrified fence. Yeah, that which was is, the other one. Yeah. That'd be a fun to comb through the 
that that sixty minutes footage. You yeah, know, like the the, the, like the, the raw rigid, footage, yeah, the yeah, raw like footage. The tapes. Yeah, <laughs> there'd be a whole body of it. Like, what's she doing back there? I don't know. <laughs> she's like sharp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she's like I don't it know. It could be like the grey and the pink dress, where one to one person just sees a six year old doing a jigsaw, and another person sees them like lacing coffee with arsenic. Right, right, right. There was another <laughs> one of those too. The the shoe that uh, was just as confounding to me. The dr- oh, yeah, the yeah. dress thing, but. We we didn't get into it because I the guess shoe? we're over the shoe that one one like it looked either pink and gray oh, or another teal one of those yeah. right right I don't know I still find that to be they're just different pictures a <laughs> a rip in the fabric of reality but I think one thing uh, you know like we were saying the the medical tests can't determine the bone density test can't determine I think one thing we can all agree on is the the one way to determine this is just to come right out and ask her yeah are you a psychopath demon demon child child. yeah came here to murder everyone yeah just ask it in a totally open and objective way like that it's a yes or no it's a yes or no question (laughs) yeah i can't believe dr phil's been sitting on the answer this whole (laughs) damn time (laughs) all right we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back to get into some news And we're back, and it's time to check in with the impeachment inquiry. Girl, I'm talking about impeaching this creep. Uh, so the RNC, the Republicans, have been funding an operation to jam Democratic phone lines. Yeah, real, look, <laughs> they're pulling out all the stops right now. They got, they've already spent like over two point some million dollars on fighting the impeachment inquiry with you know, television ads, print ads, robocalls, and things like that. But we've just found out that they paid for nearly 11,000 calls to like 30-some House Democrats, basically to like pressure them into back off, backing off the impeachment inquiry uh, and to like clog their phone lines with a high volume of calls so maybe other people can't get to them. Um, and a lot of people are like, hold on, what the fuck? Are these robocalls? And they were very like coy about it. Like, well, they're not robocalls. Like a robocall would go to someone. And then if they if they answered yes, they are against the impeachment inquiry, then we would say we will now forward you to a House Democrat so you can complain. Right. And but they were real people that they had reached that's out That's what they say. But right. it sounds like, you know, half astroturfing nonsense, though, too. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the bottom line is whether or not I mean, I'm sure there's there's clearly 11,000 people out there who are against it. But like the idea, it's very cynical to be like, let's do that. Let's jam up their phone lines yeah. and like, you know, so as much chaos as possible. Yeah. And I I think, you know, the when when I hear it's the RNC, I assume I'm picturing like Mitch McConnell and other like sort of legacy Republicans. But apparently now that Trump has all the money in the Republican Party, uh, he's just like taken over complete control of the party. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, this is going to... He's the captain now. Yeah, that's right. It's it's incredible. And uh, and I use incredible, uh, even though it traditionally has positive connotations. Yes. I actually, I would like it to have negative connotations in this instance. (laughs) Heard, heard. The uh, the the lengths that this guy will go to, I don't know if you guys have been keeping your finger on the pulse of the, the news, but I'm, I'm starting to get a feeling this Donald Trump goes, no, no <laughs> good news. at all. Yeah. Bad news. Uh, how's this all play in New Zealand? <sighs> uh, frustratingly, quite loud. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the. I mean, not surprisingly, I suppose right. it is yeah. internationally probably one of the biggest ongoing news sagas. But um, it's just it's it's chaos, like and the amount of speculation and noise around the actual proceedings, mm-hmm. it, which is so common, I think, with uh, specifically American politics. It's just it's. I know it's not modelled off of sport, but the outcome, if it's only peripheral, not that the the impacts are only periphery peripheral for everyone but you know like if it's not specifically where you are like i've been in new zealand for the last couple of months but you still keep you know it still comes yep. into your vision yeah. but it's just like the number of it's the same with polling and like all of the anticipation around the, the 2020 election so it's, like it's just the number of people in a variety of suits and dresses cluttered around tables <laughs> right, you know, right, right talking about something without enough information to actually have a firm opinion it makes no sense that our system is as winner-take-all as it is, other than that it creates an incredible media spectacle every yeah. four yeah. years. Like, it doesn't make... It's just, like, born out of that manifest destiny kind right. of attitude of, yeah. like, there are fucking... You win or you fucking lose. But yeah, I was just talking about how strange it is that the primary... Like, there's such a huge difference between, like... You will either be remembered as your party's candidate who ran for president, or you'll be completely forgotten. Yeah, like, when you look back ran. at people who like all, who ran in primaries and didn't win the nomination, it's like just they just go away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, that's honestly, as it stands, I would imagine a more desirable outcome. To not win, yeah, yeah. So you're not. You <laughs> well, don't like go down. Peter O'Rourke just pulled out. Right. It's like, oh, it looks. You know, being a, mil- a multi-millionaire who's running to be a presidential candidate and having right. to withdraw from the race looks pretty good. Right. What do you got left? Yeah. Millions of dollars in time on your hand. You can literally do anything you want except yeah. be president. But right. otherwise, it's a pretty long list. Right. Well, another thing that we're learning this week in the impeachment inquiry is uh, the Democrats are starting to release transcripts from the closed door hearings right yeah yeah well they're doing it you know very strategically where they're just it's partial bits but each one is like a just another damning dimension on like what was going on with the white house what was going on at the state department and especially with marie ivanovich who was the ambassador to ukraine who trump was like on that 20 july 25th calls like she's a problem or something said something about it yeah because Some things are going to happen to her. Yeah, because yeah. she was a career diplomat who was like, no, I don't I'm not here. To, I'm not interested in like this, like underhanded bullshit, right. like shadow campaign you're yeah. trying to run and was being pretty hard about it. Like right. not hard, but kept her stood her ground, right. which made her a problem when you're dealing with a bunch of snakes. So when the things that we found out, obviously, we knew there was an intense pressure campaign to smear her to try and make her look bad. So she'd inevitably have to leave. But there are these other things that have come out. So she asked Gordon Sondland, who is the guy who bought his ambassadorship from right. Trump with like with a lot of uh, donations to the EU. Uh, completely inconsequential yeah. Uh, EU. Yeah, exactly. Right. That he just bought that. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, you know what? What should I do? Like, what's going on? I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me. This is what he said. Yovanovitch testified that Sondland told her she needed to quote go big or go home. End quote. She added that he said, quote, you need to, you know, tweet out there that you support the president and that all these are lies and everything else. End quote. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Wait. 
you need to, you know, tweet out that there you support the president and then all these are lies and everything else. Right. That yeah. sounds like some shit someone's drunk is trying to try and give you some advice. To, yeah. Nailed it. Go big or go home. So, and then they basically threatened her security or they threatened her safety, right? Well, it was coming. So then more, she was finding out weirder stuff that people were saying the shit about her that like other people in Ukraine were like, Rudy Giuliani's bad fucking news. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's like, I don't know. I'm the ambassador, but I don't know what the fuck this guy's doing. So she found out from a foreign service official uh, in two different calls that was like kind of a warning. She said in the first call, this uh, foreign service official said that, she was giving me a heads up that things were going wrong, quote, kind of off the track and wanted to give me a heads up. She didn't know what was happening, but there was a lot of nervousness on the seventh floor and up the street. And she, Yovanovitch clarifies that up the street meant the White House. Something's mm-hmm. going on at the White House. And then uh, when asked, did you understand what she meant about nervousness? Uh, she says those answers eventually came. Uh, she called me about an hour later. So now it's 1 a.m. in Ukraine. Uh, and, and then was asked, what did she say to you then? She said that there was a lot of concern for me that I needed to be on the next plane home to Washington. And I was like, what? What happened? And she said, I don't know, but this is about your security. You need to come home immediately. You need to come home on the next plane. And that was their way of getting her out of Ukraine. But she did not get on that next fucking plane. Right. Because she was like, fuck that. But at the same time, other people were getting were like, I I don't know. Like, you may want to come back. Right. And was hearing that they were still going to try and go after her whether professionally or whatever, but just all this weird shit kept popping yeah. up, which eventually she was like, okay, I guess. And then the president recalled her. You'd be right. so devastated. You know, you finally fulfill your childhood dream of becoming the U.S. ambassador to the Ukraine. <laughs> right. And right. then this absolute maelstrom of shit explodes around you and you think, God damn it, I just want to be a down the line U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Yeah. And well, the, uh, the unfortunate part is because of all the murky overlap with like oligarchs in Russia and Paul Manafort's business dealings in Ukraine, it ended up being a, a focal point for a lot of this fuckery that's been going on. Right. So another thing that she was also talking about is that the president also did the same scheme like with the old, the last um, uh, Ukrainian president, uh, Petro Poroshenko, basically saying like, Hey, I know you need these javelin missiles to fight Russians on, on your border. How about you like bury these investigations into this the black ledger, which is that like that list of like two billion dollars that had illicit payments uh, to the like pro Russia regions, and then also Paul Manafort. That was the reason why Paul Manafort had to re- like uh, leave his position. They're like, why don't you uh, bury that, and then uh, maybe we'll get you some javelin missiles. Right, and it happened. It fucking happened. So they she she pointed out. That Ukraine's investigation into those payments and Manafort's role stalled just days after Giuliani visited Ukraine in June of 2017 and met with uh, the inspector general and the president at the time. The Manafort investigation was handed off from Ukraine's anti-corruption unit to Lutsenko and the Kiev Post quoted a former Ukrainian official saying, it is clear for me that somebody gave an order to bury the black ledger. A little over a week later, the U.S. made a sale of Javelin anti-tank missiles to Ukraine. And I mean, combining like the fact that her security, her safety was being threatened with like what we see on that memo of Trump's conversation, he says like what a person would say if they were ordering someone to be killed. Yeah. In like in a movie. What did she say? Like she's going to go through some things. Yeah. She's going to go through some things. Yeah. Yeah. After talking shit about her, he said, well, you know, she's going to go through through some some things. things. 
So, I mean... But that's his whole, you know, that's his whole identity or his whole operating system is mm-hmm. just downloaded from a composite of, like, movie villains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it seems like And it. also, like, palling around with this mob lawyer... Uh, yeah. Roy Cohn back in the day, like he right. kind of learned the ropes from like legitimate organized crime people. Right. So, and you, you know, just the way he runs it, he really does. He's like, oh, yeah, that's how you, that's how you it's, run an organization. I don't, as he's, yeah, look, I'll stand behind what I said earlier. Where I reckon the guy's, think? he's truly up to no good. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy to get the job on the, you know, like it's the amount of ignorance it seems like he entered the office with in terms of not just stuff that has unfilled since he was in the White House, but the number of misdeeds and wrongdoings that have littered his entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The point that, you know, they continue to catch up and pile up. It's like the messiest escape route where he just keeps like papering over these lies until yeah. it's just, yeah. it's, Almost, it's almost un, not untraceable, but it's like there's so many, there's so many balls in here, there's so many distractions from everything. Yeah, is there a, a Fox News equivalent in New Zealand? We like, are, we are not big enough for that. Right. Yeah. There's, so there's, it's just you just get the objective facts over yeah, there. Yeah. There's, there's, so there's a there's a couple of like sort of fringe uh, blogs on either side, but right. in terms of a, a mainstream news outlet, yeah, you uh, just get the news. We've right. got one. And then we've got we've got Channel One, and we've also got Channel Three. Oh, okay. Right. What happened but, to Channel Two? Uh, Channel Two doesn't broadcast news. It's owned by TVNZ, who also own Channel Channel One. It's a like public broadcaster. Okay, like your BBC. And so they yeah they play uh, at at the same time the news is playing. They'll play a soap. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> uh, Either one. TV yeah. TV Three is uh under as a subsidiary of a company called MediaWorks, who have had a profitable radio branch and a television mm. branch that has been hemorrhaging money for years. Uh-oh. And right before I left, uh, the TV3, uh, MediaWorks said, uh, if TV3 doesn't find a buyer before Christmas, the whole channel's going to fold. Oh, oh, no. So we're going to go down to one news. <laughs> <laughs> one news. We'll have two channels. Yeah. Literally one news. Uh, well, the good thing for the president is that the people that he has uh, criming for him yeah, thickest thieves. Are, are, you know, loyal mm-hmm. servants who just will go to the mat for him. That's the thing about criminals uh, who love crimes of opportunity. Right. Is that they are loyal. They are they they stick to their guns. And then they flip when the pressure gets too much to them. Yeah. Uh, so this is what's happening with Lev Parnas, who is one of the two Russian-linked guys that Rudy Giuliani has been running around with. Um, him and this other guy, Igor Fruman. Now, these guys, they got a subpoena from the House impeachment inquiry saying, we need you guys to come through and talk to us. This is a subpoena. They lol did away and said, yeah, we'll pass. Booked one-way tickets to Vienna. And then the feds arrested them on the jetway, being like, where the fuck do you think you're going? And so since then they've been allowed. They don't. They they haven't been locked up in the meantime. But you know they they're here to, to answer for some crimes because it seems like they were funneling money in from foreign sources into into different campaigns and things like that. So they're 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 on the hook a bit here. Um, so now Lev Parnas has said, you know what? Uh, I see that you are starting to connect dots between myself and this guy Dmitry Furtash, who many people are like. I'm we're pretty sure this guy is very high up in the Russian mob. And is also bankrolling your entire operation because people are like, we don't know where these guys' money comes from, right? But they're paying Rudy Giuliani for some reason. Like, 
They paid mm. him $500,000. Like, what is your business exactly? Mm. Doesn't matter. You know, whatever. It's murky, right? Anytime a question is asked of Rudy Giuliani, I just picture him doing the handcuff dance that he yeah, did like, on Laura oh, Ingram yeah. one time. That's, um, that's just his answer to everything. So then comes out, he got rid of his lawyers, got new lawyers, because John Dowd was his lawyer, the White House lawyer, uh, now has a new lawyer. The lawyer said, we are willing to comply with the subpoena to the extent that it does not violate any appropriate privilege that Mr. Parnas may properly invoke. So mm. maybe he's going to fifth it up right up there. But also a lot of the speculation is he could be angling for immunity right, to sort of leverage that against Rudy Giuliani, essentially. But then it's weird because if he has immunity in one place, then what does that mean for the criminal charges he faces? It's kind of the same thing with Ollie North. So right. it's I mean, obviously, there will be some legal working. But at the very least, this man will sit down in front of them. And you know what Donald Trump says? If you're invoking the Fifth Amendment, it means you did something wrong. Right. Um, so he, either way, it's going to even if he doesn't say right. it's going to probably look uh, not great. And all of this because when he was arrested, there are many photos of him, uh, of Donald Trump with this guy, Lev Parnas and the other guy, uh, Fruman, that this lawyer said, Mr. Parnas was very upset by President Trump's plainly false statement that he did not know him. Yeah. Mm hmm. Imagine just the lay of the land. You give a bunch of money. You're sitting with him at apparently intimate dinners. You've, you're seen waving at him at fundraisers and him waving back. You're somehow recruited by you, Rudy Giuliani. And after all that, spending a heck of a lot of money on Rudy Giuliani traveling or whatever, you're sitting in a prison cell waiting to be bailed out. And you learn that the president has completely distanced himself from you. Of course you'd be upset. <laughs> Hell hath no fury. I mean, that's. I, I think that's a media myth that's pretty pervasive not as pervasive as guy's myth about uh echo obviously but yeah. uh the the idea that like there's this honor amongst thieves and that like you know the whole idea of the crime family being this thing about like you know loyalty yeah, and all that shit that. like yeah when you ask cops and people who are experts on these things they generally say that a lot of that is bullshit and people just are kind of turning on each other because you do crime out of desperation and if you have desperate people they will you know they're fairly easy to manipulate i just love that that the tipping point might be a you know a fragile ego like yeah, it's, right. it's very satisfying to think that the thing that might undo is Trump petty. is just yeah. is just you know the same thing that guides him, which is could his you ego. imagine like if history would have taken a completely different trajectory if in that moment Trump said, "I think he's a great guy." Yeah, what they're doing to him is a, just a shame. Mm. Great man. Okay, let's keep it moving, and then we never find out. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, it turns out my Amazon Echo, your Google Home, uh, can be hacked with laser beams. Yeah, it's it sounds uh, the headline sounds like alone. Something you would say to scare an elderly person. One hundred percent. And I would bring an I would bring a laser pointer with me. And be like, you see what I'm doing? Like, don't well, don't now. Right, would, right. Don't hack it. Yeah. Oh, I'm hacking it. I'm ha oh, I'm hacking <laughs> this thing. Get back. Uh, the headline alone was enough to pique my interest. Um, but it's all based on these researchers. They found that the microphones in these things, they respond to frequencies of light as mm. if they were sound. Mm. So you, taking that information, they've really figured out how to use like lasers with these different frequencies to send these, quote, light commands from 
outside your fucking home if you even had to. If you could, if you had a clear line of sight to it, and they could do things with it based on the frequency, like opening garage doors, making online purchases, and nearly like a myriad of other things, basically based on total use of the the device, essentially. Yeah, yeah with a laser beam. I oh, feel man. like if someone figures out how to do that. That is a shared Echo or Google Home at that point. That is right. not your pro. If there's someone in your neighborhood who's that good with lasers, right? Share the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> all yours. Yeah. Like, hey, do you just want what? this, man? Yeah. You did all this homework, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not going to let you use mine. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, luckily, it's like a lot of work. You should just buy one. <laughs> yeah. Here, you can have mine. I'll, I'll <laughs> here. Take, there's an I'll easy way to do this, one. man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, are you the one who keeps ordering toilet paper like every other week? <laughs> With a laser beam yeah. from three houses down. It's like, also, you're not even good at it because I've just thought I was auto ordering this stuff because I needed it. <laughs> right. And you were, okay, well. So, so I'm really uh, sort of good Samaritan with a laser who's just, you know, picking up all the balls that you're dropping. <laughs> right, 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 right. Looking right. around your house like, oh, okay, they could use a new hose. Looks like they're almost out of broccoli. <laughs> yeah. A rake. Okay, <laughs> let's just get these. Mm-hmm. And we're moving on. But yeah, it was it's researchers who I think were looking at the security aspect. I don't think it's necessarily quite met the right reached the level of scammers, laser based scamming yet. Mm. But hey, if you're an enterprising laser enthusiast, you know, fuck around with your echo, see what you can get done. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you stop to- torturing cats? Yeah. Yeah. And start having some fun with uh, other so people. Cl- so Thailand. fun to torture a cat though with laser. Well, not even torture, play. Yeah, it yeah. is play. And also, I have I have two cats in my house. I'll try and see how high up the wall I can get them to run That's to fun. chase a laser. And I've been thoroughly impressed at times. How high up a wall? Two well, meters? Like maybe, no, not two meters. Maybe 1.6 meters, 1.5. Four, That's still high. Three, yeah, of like just scurrying up a wall chasing a little red dot. Mm. Mm-hmm. We should enter domestic animals into track and field style events. Mm. Right, I think, I but think do you use good. lasers to enhance their performance? Uh, so <laughs> yeah. that's, would that be a performance enhancing laser at that point? It would mm. be, yeah. Well, but I don't know. I think they should also just let athletes use steroids. I think they should at least have separate Olympics for it. Yeah, so that it's just like what the human body can purely is purely capable of before the bones just shatter. I mean, look. This is a conversation that happens a lot. In fact, I was having this conversation with DJ Daniel yesterday. Mm. And yeah, I would be down to see it. However, you know, so many people would fucking die right. because they would do the most experimental, like out of this world shit that without knowing what the dangers are to themselves, like you'd be like, holy smokes, this guy ran a four second flat hundred meters <laughs> and his heart exploded at the finish line. Right. But that or pretty dope way to go out. But, be, yeah. but that four second hundred meter dash would be like watching Captain America in, in Infinity War or something. Yeah. But instead, I feel like we're just watching a bunch of athletes who have a very small amount of the same drugs in their body. Right. You know, like blur the line between what is possible. Oh, so it's right. it's it's just it administered by the league or something. I just Everyone think, gets the same amount of no, PEDs. I, I, no, no, no. Oh. I, I don't know. I just think it's it's pervasive anyway. So why why fight right. it? Well, I guess I wonder how many people were sort of like, well, if they didn't test, I would actually be doing this. Right. Yeah. You know, like, because I'm sure testing has made people figure out how to like sort of cut corners and things like that. But I wonder what it's fully stopping them from. It's like, God damn, if we well, figure this thing out, I would be on. What's the, like athletes' careers are lasting. You know, what's the relationship between, say, Tom Brady or even in tennis, like Federer and Nadal, these guys who are so old and are achieving things that has never been done at that right. age within a sport. Just without the What's the relationship between like the whatever the technology or the conditioning and all the information right. you have and 
mm. you know, whatever extra stuff is available. Yeah. I mean, I guess they, it's more prolonged suffering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like what Tom Brady, Tom Brady has just had to not have fun for two decades and just like eat. That seems fine. He doesn't seem, balls it doesn't seem fun. Leaves. Yeah. And get every whack day. ass kisses from his son. Right. Remember, we ha- he had a mega hat in his locker one time. Yeah. No yeah. one even talks about it anymore. Yeah. Well, because I think most Patriots fans, like, I mean, there's. Uh, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, the fucking Patriots, man. Yeah. Not the fucking Kneelers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the Oakland Kneelers. That's right. Uh, let's talk about Popeyes. Chicken sandwich is back. Oh, Unfortunately, man. Uh, that has caused. Uh, a tragedy in Prince George's County in Maryland. Uh, somebody, there was an altercation at a line, uh, possibly because someone cut in front of him. We don't have the actual like details, but somebody was uh, stabbed. A 28-year-old was stabbed and died at the hospital later uh, in a line for a Popeye's chicken sandwich. That's, we've, uh, yes. It's wild because this is a whole genre of, like uh societal chaos video I see a lot on Twitter, which is people fighting at Popeyes. Yeah. There's so many people fighting at Popeyes over these chicken sandwiches. Uh what are the what are the ingredients? Um I'm not sure. I think we're gonna have to look into that now. What the hell is in there? Yeah. I think I don't know. It's just one of those things where it became very popular and it was a good thing. And then I don't know if like it people have just gone to like a hysteric level of, of enthusiasm or what, or it's just sort of another symptom of people already being stressed out and that that spilling over, and it just happens to be at a Popeyes. Because uh, I don't, I'm, you know, we as far as we know, we don't know fully what happened if these people knew each other or not. But the fact that most of the reporting seems to see be over someone cut somebody in line, yeah, uh, is just. Uh, hard to fathom. Yeah. I will reserve, not not reserve judgment, but just I because that seems like the sort of story that no matter what the fight was about, they would come up with a way to tie it into the chicken sandwich. Yeah, right, right, right. Know that, like, the consumer loses it over, like, trying to get to the same product story. Uh, every Black Friday, they make a big deal about that. Yeah. And it turns out, we looked into like a bunch of those stories back at Cracked and a lot of them are like, it was a completely unrelated shooting that happened to happen in the parking lot of a Toys R Us on Black Friday. And right. so they say it was over a, it's a great toy. Great opportunity to put a product name in a new right. story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's masquerading as a story, but right. really right. It's, a, it's a PR thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm sure the kind of PR Popeyes does not want. Either, right? I mean, at the same time, it makes it makes it look like their sandwiches are in great demand. It certainly does. Yeah. With with uh with obviously you know as much respect as can be reserved for the the outcome of the situation. Right. It does make the sandwich undeniably categorically look pretty tasty. Pretty tasty. Right. And it, it, well, I verified. We verified. Yeah. It's delicious. It's really good. Well, you've eaten the sandwich. Yeah. We've yeah. Had you the don't. Sandwich. You don't know the ingredients. No, nah, don't oh, ask. It's, it's just I think <laughs> carbon. 
You mean, yeah. Mostly carbon. Yeah, I think it's a carbon-based Carbon-based food yeah. item. Is, is it coleslaw in the sandwich? No. no. It's, it's uh, just a really well-executed fried chicken man, breast. Man, this is the stupidest fucking country in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Thanks. Yeah, uh, it's uh, just sauce, pickle, bun, yeah, yeah. butter. It's the same sandwich that everyone's eating everywhere. Oh, but it's so good, man. <laughs> it's real good. What kind of fried chicken you got in New Zealand? I don't know. Is fried chicken big in New Zealand? Yeah, it's popular everywhere. Right, right. It's not but you- is there? What are you? Are I, they all eating KFC? KFC is big in New Zealand in a way that is, I almost think, unique to how it is big here. KFC is, uh, like, it's it's. We don't have a variety of the smaller fried chicken sure, outlets, sure. and so the relationship between New Zealanders and KFC is a very fervent, storied one. Yeah. relationship. Right. They're everywhere. Right. So KFC is synonymous with fried chicken. Like those are kind of the same. You don't get fried chicken anywhere else, really. Uh, you go to the corner store. There's right. country okay. fried chicken at the dairy. Like it, okay. it's available at you know fish and chip shops and whatnot. But okay. um, KFC would be if you're thinking about fried chicken in New Zealand. But right. I mean, I, I you know I don't think it, I don't know. I to be fair, the double down did the double down break news here when it was oh, released. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that happened in New Zealand as well. Right. And then there was a time about five years ago when a very popular chocolate company released uh, chocolate milk. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I make fun of America, but that did send New Zealand into a frenzy. And it sold out like in all of these oh, really? stores and there were lines out the door to just, just have chocolate some milk. chocolate milk. It was who's, who's, who's? Uh, Whitaker's. And Whitaker's it was chocolate. really good chocolate. To, to be fair, <laughs> what really a, good chocolate. What a it stupid was a chocolate fucking com- country. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was a chocolate company. So the quality they, so was coming from the chocolate, not the yeah, milk. Yeah, well, they, they it was like a boutique chocolate company met a high-end sort of organic milk company. Got it. And uh, got essentially, it. I think they were melting high-quality chocolate right. into high-quality milk. Got and it. people couldn't handle that. Right. right. Uh, but, you know, at, at the same time, I feel like we uh, we derive a lot of the way that our media landscape works from larger media landscapes yeah, sure, that sure. we've deferred to from the outset, namely yeah. you guys and, and Britain. Mm. Yeah, we were talking before uh, we started recording about the fact that you guys, like, even though Christmas is in uh, the summer for you guys, the or, ornaments still yeah. have like frosting. All the marketing like, materials would suggest that it's happening in winter. That's amazing. I, I mean, there's a few. We've got a. We have a bit of fun with it. Sometimes you'll see Santa uh, in just some red shorts oh. with a white cuff trim, okay. shirt off, yeah. sunnies on, Ooh, yeah. on. shirt off. Okay. Uh, but, how, how's he look? No shirt. He looks good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. But even we have that sometimes. Like the, yeah, the well, idea. Yeah. Like Santa, if you like see it on in a like, tropical vacation or something. Right. Because there's also parts of the country during you know what quote unquote winter that right. are still warm. So you right. Know. But we yeah we take we take a lot from from other places. It's just what happens when you come from a small island nation. Yeah. And even so, come to America is crazy because if I hear an American accent, you know, in the wild. Yeah. I think that. You start seeing your neck goes like, what? Yeah, I I think that the sole function of the person talking is to make me laugh. (laughs) Or wind up. Or entertain me. (laughs) And then if I hear a British accent in the wild, I immediately think they're in charge. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. All right, let's talk. Can we talk about Deadspin real quick? Uh, Yeah, what happened? Just say RIP to Deadspin. So basically all of their editors and writers left. On the same day. For people who don't know, huge sports website. Great sports website. I mean, basically, the ethos of the site was uh, this guy, Will Leach, like 
a decade ago, probably more, uh, realized that nobody in the sports world was talking about the Michael Vick story about, uh, was it Ron Mexico? Ron Mexico, how he used that at uh, Planned Parenthood. Yeah, and like how he had this alter ego that was giving people herpes or something. It was just this like really strange story, but he realized that because the media has to work with these athletes and these coaches on a daily basis, just like anybody you work with, you are not going to be fully objective and say something bad about them because you have to see them at work the next day. And he was like, well, we'll just hire really funny, great writers and like kind of have a punk rock ethos and cover sports. And it was it was just a really great site that had a lot of really funny writing on Didn't it. Didn't they first start publishing Donaghy's book at Deadspin too, like showing us excerpts before it came out or something? I think there was I something like, like that. They also out. had like some really deep reporting occasionally, just randomly. Right. But anyway, so they were purchased by a venture capital company. The venture capital company was uh, hired or installed as CEO. The guy who... Uh, was in charge of Forbes.com when Forbes went from being like a magazine that you kind of assumed was respected to being like blog spam Uh and just like top five money ways to To get money. Yeah, and just like uh, slideshows. So that the guy who basically uh, diminished Forbes brand, they were like, he should be the CEO of Deadspin. He came in and was like, only sports and like articles should be about this and stop talking about politics and uh, just tried to basically turn them into ESPN.com and uh, was just doing all sorts of shitty things to the staff. And it just seems like it's the thing that is happening everywhere. Like we lost all these newspapers when the internet became a thing and it's not being replaced by an equally like diverse and extensive online uh, ecosystem media ecosystem i think there were people who were willing to you know have lost leaders in the past and you know just because they knew the media was an important institution uh, and now we kind of have the opposite where billionaires will put Gawker out of business for being mean to them. Right. Like, so they're like, act rather than, uh, you know, creating their own <laughs> uh, works of propaganda, they're just like killing websites and they're also creating their own works of propaganda. But it's a bummer. I mean, I, we kind of saw it happen. It cracked uh, when when they were owned by Scripps and Scripps didn't really know what to do with them. And it happens to a lot of hey can you websites. make more videos for less money yeah exactly. there's just every every company when they're bought it's like okay this looks good on paper right how do we get this same thing and operate it with half the budget how do you do a scale how do you do it at scale man like, that's what? no it's, you, you yeah. have it wrong we're not thinking like that that's why this is doing well that's why this is good yeah right. yeah so i don't know it it seems like back in the day I think we talked on a show last year about how marketing had sort of taken over uh, the Hollywood like story yeah, development. development. Yeah, And that's kind of what was killing a lot of theater going and the movies kind of being one-dimensional. And it seems like marketing and also 
people who know even less from the finance side are coming into the website industry and the uh, newspaper industry. And it's just, it's going to be, it's really bad already for our society. Like the, just the lack of local news, local reporting, like we're counting on, uh, you know, local, like social media to fill that void. Oh, right. Exactly. That we're just like, I don't know what's going on in my neighborhood. Let me see if Twitter knows. Right. Or like those horrible websites that are all about like the What's crimes that are going up on in your with, neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. And just like scaring the shit out of you instead of, you know. I got hired by one of those sites to do some of the crimes. <laughs> <laughs> some How viral marketing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It pays great. Yeah. yeah. Just putting bleach on people's lawns and yeah. like cuss words. There's one American family I was doing and I set it up <laughs> so that they, uh, it looked like it was one of their children, six-year-olds. <laughs> The whole time putting bleach in their coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guy Montgomery, it's been a pleasure having you, man. Where hey. can people uh, find you? Please find me online at Guy underscore Mont on Twitter and Instagram. And is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Here's a tweet uh, I thought was pretty funny from this morning, which was... Uh, can't believe Leonardo DiCaprio yelled, I'm on top of the world from the Titanic, a ship that was at sea, at sea level, the scientifically <laughs> lowest altitude in the world. <laughs> he was nowhere near the top. He was literally at the bottom. What a stupid idiot. <laughs> and that was by uh, at Rudy underscore Mustang. All right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to plug coming uh, up? Yeah, I'm actually in this Sunday, November 10, at 5 p.m. at the Lyric Hyperion in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I am doing a solo show. It's an improvised hour of stand-up comedy called Watch Me and My Huge Muscles Get Super Ripped for Summer. <laughs> and uh, there are still tickets available. <laughs> Wait, so improvised stand-up, you just... Well, yeah, so I've... Ba- I've pull ju- the curtain back a little I've bit. I've just us. finished touring uh, my last hour-long show at like, mm-hmm. the Comedy Festival, the Edinburgh Fringe, Melbourne Comedy Festival and whatnot. And uh, I'm tired of all of the material within it. So you chuck it away... And then this is part of building a new hour. So I've done this show in uh, Sydney and Auckland and Wellington, uh-huh. and you get prompts from the audience. So they write down a word or a phrase or something, and then you just pull them out of a bowl and riff around. Start riffing. Oh, wow. And so it's, uh, it's, it's definitely cheap and potentially outstanding. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, that sounds incredible. Miles, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Miles of Gray. Tweet I like is from at Krolge. Uh, it says, I got into leftist politics the same way as any other 31-year-old by listening to Rage Against the Machine's Guerrilla Radio as it appeared in 2000's Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, <laughs> shortly followed by the war in Iraq. <laughs> That's great. Jesus Christ. Uh, some tweets I've been enjoying. Zorgus Borgus, I just got yep. hit by the love bat, uh, tweeted. And it's driving me mad. Uh, that's vote Sam Wiles. Tweeted, Fats Domino, Chubby Checker, call me when you play a real legend like lardass tiddlywinks. <laughs> uh, and... Andrew Farmer tweeted, from 1995 to 2001, I cannot properly express just how healthy I thought Sun Chips were. 
<laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Uh, Miles, can you come up with a song that's going to make Anna not yawn? Uh, yeah. Maybe something that'll maybe bring some life into her, mm. her, her spirit, her mm. soul. Uh, this is a track from the Avalanches uh, from oh, Australia, yeah. unfortunately. Are they Sorry. back? Uh, maybe. I, I think this is a new song. I have not checked up on them in a minute, yeah. but it's called The Wazard of Is. Mm. Uh, and, 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 you know, like they like their samples. Uh, also, I remember DJ Dexta, who was in the, I believe, 1999 DMC World uh, DJ Championships, had a great set. Uh, and that's how I first heard about the Avalanches. Anyway, that's a bit of esoteric. Oh, is that one of the members of the Avalanches? Yeah, 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 yeah. DJ Dexter. Or just Avalanches, not the, uh, the Avalanches. avalanches yes, Are they yes. the Avalanches? Um, the av- They're called the an- Avalanches, yeah. yes. The song Frontier Psychiatry is one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. That boy needs therapy. Yeah. And that's what you hear at the beginning. It goes, I'm Dexter, Dexter. That sample is an illusion or the reference to DJ Dexter. Yeah. They like built an entire album just out of like old records yeah and, like random like open sample like uh or, or open source samples and it's like a classic yeah it's so again good. dj dexter dmc world he does this one part where he puts like a bit of tape on the record so this one section keeps looping basically by resetting the needle on the grooves mm. and then he uses that to like do this whole other it's i think it's i think it's one of the best ones i think craze won that year but let's be real i thought dj dexter was very musical in his set I've always agreed with that sentiment. Uh, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for today, guys. We will be back tomorrow with more podcasts, and we'll talk to you then. Deep like water, wheels in hell, I so dope to stack up and if I ain't burnt from jail, 12 gun, these then make my jail bell. Locked up and-